All right, I think it's time to get started. I see, I guess uh, we're starting to see some attrition here at the end. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Anyway, um, so the plan for today is I'll take questions if people have a few here at the beginning. And then I plan to do this example I mentioned called steganography, and I'll explain what that is. Um, it involves using a 1D array, and yeah, anyway. Everything I talk about might be on the final, you bet. I mean, if I can figure out how to get something out of today's lecture on the final, absolutely. So I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy and start not paying attention today. Um, so the things that I'm doing today are hopefully reinforcing things that you already know. So I actually don't introduce, oh, you know what, we may see one new operator, but they're sort of in a context of things that we kind of already know. Uh, we'll sort of see how it goes, but you bet I will do my best to figure out how to, thanks for a mile, do my best to make sure there's at least one question on the final from today's lecture. So maybe I'll even tell you what it is or what I think it might be. I never guarantee that, but I have been known to say in class, oh, that's a good question for the final, and have it show up on the final. So watch for that. Yes, sir? So if you um, have an 80% on average for all five quizzes, so make sure eCommons isn't telling you you got 80% and you actually didn't show up once or something, because I'll count that as a zero, then you should send me an email. I should be officially asking you to do that. So please send me an email and put opt out in the, in the subject line would be great. Uh, I'll try to remember to respond to you and let you know I got it to, and confirm that that's correct. So I want to know, just so I print the right number of final exams, and you do need to make that decision. Um, I'll give you till... Uh, you know, Monday morning, I'll be probably printing the exams up on Monday, so make sure I know by Monday morning, yeah. How is your grade calculated if you opt out of the final? So if you opt out of the final exam, your quiz grade is computed the way it would have been re computed regardless. So the only difference is, if you opt out of the final exam, I will add up the five quiz scores. That's a maximum of 50. I'll multiply by two. And that's your final exam score. Two times 50 is 100. And that number will be used in lieu of your final exam score. And then I will compute your grade just like everybody else's, meaning I'll do both options and give you the one that gives you the highest score. Since the difference between the two options, um, is, actually, they will be slightly different because they're not, it's not quite the same. So I'll just... That's what I do, and then it's the same thing from then. I just go in and fill in my spreadsheet. The final exam column for you will simply be, instead of the score they got in class, it'll be five, you know, two times, as a, out of, as 100%. When I scale to 100%, there might not be 100 points on the final. It might only be 50 or 23.7 or who knows. Um, I'll just put that in. Is that clear? Another question? No, it went away. Yeah. No. no, no. Let me say it one more time. <laughs> if you opt out of the final exam, I will take all five quiz scores, add them up, multiply by two, and that's your final exam score out of 100. Your quiz score portion of the grade will be computed the same regardless of whether you opt out of the final. The quiz score portion drops the lowest one. They are different numbers. So your quiz score as a percentage out of 100 will be different than your final exam score out of 100 in most cases. Unless you happen to get 100% um, on all the quizzes, in which case they'll be the same. Okay? Any other questions? All right, well, so I don't have notes prepared today. I've sort of 
practice this a little bit on somebody else, and I've talked about this um, in another class, but I, I'm, well, we're going to see how this goes. So steganography is, means hiding things in plain sight, and it can be done, I, I believe it can be applied in different contexts, but in this case, I'm talking about hiding information inside of an image. All right. So to demonstrate what I mean by that, I'm going to do something that might seem like, I, I think I'm going to just run sort of the end stage of this for you. So here's a program that we're going to absorb um, in the course of today's lecture. In fact, I'm going to show you three different programs um, before we're done today. Just one of them is really short but, and, and quite easy. So here's an image. Uh, some of you may recognize that as... Um, out in front of McHenry Library at the right time of the year for the, year for the cherry blossoms to be dropping there, little, little lovely petals on the ground. And there's a message hidden in that image. The way the message is hidden in the image, remember, each pixel is represented by how many bits? Thirty-two is the right answer. There's eight bits for red, eight bits for green, eight bits for blue, and eight more bits for something we didn't use very often, but we did it. The transparency, right? So that's 32 bits in all. So what I've done in this image is I've gone, and if you take those 32 bits for each pixel, I just took the rightmost bit, which happens to be part of the... It's actually transparency, red, green, blue. So those rightmost eight bits are actually for the blue portion of the image. I've taken that lowestmost bit and I forced it to be either zero or one to encode my message. Okay? So now they didn't change it very much. It means if the blue value was 115, maybe I changed it to 116 or to 114, right? I just changed the blue a little tiny bit, so little that you can't even see it. Now, a demonstration I had of this before, I didn't actually have a message in there. I just put, I put up several couple of copies of the same image, and then I slowly started kind of erasing the, the bits, right? I just made the low bits all, I just started turning all the blue bits off a little bit at a time and see how long it would take you to notice. I think that's an interesting demonstration, but since you guys actually should be able to understand all the code here, this one actually has a hidden message in it. Now, to sort of let you see it, and you might think I'm just, this is all smoke and mirrors, but you're going to get to see the code. But I want to let you see the effect first. So the, instead of just having the message show up, it's like, you know, so what? So I click, and oh, and there's a message. Like, yeah, right, whatever. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take that low bit... So, um, let's say this is just one pixel. So, so here's the 32 bits for one pixel, and I'm going to write them all out, but I don't know. There's some of them, right? So, let's suppose that's the only... I'm not going to worry about all of them. So, that's what's in the pixel. I can't count to 32, right? So, I'm lame here, right? So, what I'm going to do in this is I start clicking on the image... Because the rightmost bit is a zero, I'm just going to, kind of like we were shifting the, the X position um, in the, the snake one, right? We kept shifting it in the array. It's kind of like that. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to slowly, uh, the, when I click once, I'm going to make this one a zero. And when I click twice, I'm going to make that one a zero. And then I'm going to make that one a zero, and then that one a zero. I'm just going to keep slowly turning all the bits off in any pixel where the rightmost bit is zero. Likewise, if the rightmost bit happened to be one, I'm going to just slowly turn all the pixels on, right? So the ones where the rightmost bit was on will eventually turn all on, which is... When they're all on, that means white. And when they're all off, it's going to turn black, right? So what will happen is my message, which is actually a black and white image... Not grayscale, but true black and white, meaning I only need one pixel per bit. Sorry, one bit per pixel, right? 
Black and grayscale, we need 8 bits because that gives us 256 shades of gray. But for black and white, I really only need one bit for each pixel. So I'm just going to, that's what I've done. I've actually put it in there. Now I'm going to show you how I got it in there before today's over, hopefully. But this one, that image that we're looking at, actually has, that image actually has that low bit set for my message. Okay? So, every time I click, I actually think the first click, it may not actually change any of the bits because I think it's just noticing that the first one. So, I'm going to click here, and I don't think it actually changed, but I'm going to click slowly. So, I clicked again. I, don't, I certainly can't see anything, and I don't think you can. Let's see. If I turn off the lights, maybe you'll be able to see a little better. Maybe you'll see it sooner. I'm going to give you an edge here. So, let's see. So, let's uh, click again. Okay. Yeah, I don't see anything yet. So I've turned. So that actually is suggesting I could have actually probably used not one bit per pixel, but maybe I could have used two or even three. I actually think I could maybe use as many as four bits per pixel, and you still wouldn't notice it unless you looked really close. So what's happening? It's still I still don't see it. Oh, anybody notice anything yet? You kind of see something. I don't actually see the message, and I even know what to look for. So you do notice it's kind of starting to look blue, right? Because uh, what's happening is my message has got a lot of white in it. And I'm turning off... Oh, it shouldn't be turning blue. Oh, no, it should be... Uh, right, so it's turning on those, those, those bits that are white. It's turning everything on. So it's really cranking up the blue. It's like I'm shining a bright blue light on parts of this. Here, let's, let's get to it. Okay, there it is. Oh! There it is. Help. Okay. So help is hidden in there. And if I keep wiping out the bits, you can't see. At, at this point, that what this is like now, it's like I've shined a really bright green plus blue light on it, which is, in fact, turquoise. And if you don't trust me, I double-checked it myself. We can do it if you want to see it. Just create a sketch. Say background 0, 255, 255, and you'll get that turquoise color. Because what's happened is all those white bits has caused all the red and green of the places in the message that were supposed to be white to have lots of green and blue light, which is that turquoise. It's like you've shined this bright turquoise light on it. And if you were up here, maybe you can't see it from here, the black parts in the white, you can actually see they're red because they're really kind of going on red. Because red is, is all that's left on in those few places. And if I go a little eight more times, it goes to straight black and white. At this point, I've turned all the red, green, and blue bits on, if that rightmost bit was on, and I've turned all the red, green, blue bits off, if that bit was off, and that secret message came out. Now, maybe I faked that some other way, but trust me, I, I didn't. And you don't have to trust me. I'm going to show you the code that does it. I actually posted it. It's already up in eCommons in the resources, lecture examples. There's a thing called... Uh, I think it's called hidden image. So is everybody, any questions about what it's doing? And then we're going to go look and see how I actually did this in processing. <clears throat> yeah. So, yes. So, in fact, the very first thing we're going to discover, and which is why it kind of works for what we know right now, processing makes it easy for us to load an image and then ask it to give us an array of pixels. And it actually, for this particular application, it works well. I actually, it's a little bit annoying. I would like it to give me a 2D array of pixels arranged by rows and columns of pixels. But in fact, it gives us just one big 1D array of pixels with all the rows sort of lined up in one row. It's like I took all the chairs here and just strung them out in a long line instead of lining up in rows and columns. And I'm just going to go in and I'm going to look at each pixel as an array. I'm going to look at all the pixels as an array. I look at one of them at a time, and I'm going to mess around with that 32-bit value. Is that what you're asking? You bet. That's what we're going to see in the code in just a minute, which is why we can actually look at the code that I've done. The, the only thing that's really new that I'm going to talk about today is, in terms of coding, is I'm going to introduce an operator that's similar to something that you've seen before, that we haven't really used yet. And it turns, and it's this operator. 
Now that looks like something you've seen before, right? Which was, what did you see before? You saw the double ampersand. The double ampersand is used to operate on two Boolean values and tell me, right, true and true is true, true and false is false, false and true, right? Everybody knows that. So this actually acts like a Boolean operator, but it does it for bits in an integer. So what I get to do now is I get to take two numbers represented as their binary, using their binary representation. How many of you don't know how, don't have any idea about binary numbers and exactly how to convert them? Okay. Well, we should learn that. So this is a good thing to learn. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's do this. So, what's going on here? What do I have to do? Make another slide here. All right. So, you all know decimal numbers, right? <laughs> Remember? So, like, if I write 1, 2, 5, 7, that's 1 times 10 to the 3rd plus 2 times 10 squared plus 5 times 10 to the 1 plus 7 times 10 to the 0, right? Remember that? Yeah? So, no, who doesn't remember that? Didn't you learn? You, come on, you must have learned. You didn't remember that? You must have learned that and you just forgot or you're elementary school. This is like maybe middle school. Or anyway, that's how, that's how we write decimal numbers and that's why it works, okay? All right, anyway, any questions about that? Okay, so with binary, that 10 is because we have 10 different digits, right? 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9... And then 1, 0 is 1 times 10 plus 0 times 10, and I get, anyway. So with binary, you only have two digits instead of nine. So our binary numbers, if I write out the binary number, say, 1, 1, 0, 1, 1, well, let's see, I'm going to work it from the other end because it's easier for me to remember. This 1 is 2 to the 0 times 1 plus 2 to the 1 times 1 plus 2 to the 2 times 0, plus 2 to the 3 times 1, plus 2 to the 4 times 1, right? So, that's the same idea here, except that I'm using 2 here instead of 10, right? <clears throat> and it turns out a 1 here means 0 or 1, a 1 here means 2 or 0, a 1 here means... 4 or 0, a 1 here means 8 or 0, a 1 here means 16 or 0. Those are just powers of 2, just like we had powers of 10. You know, 10 to the 0, 10 to the 1, 10 to the 2, 10 to the 3. So a 1 here means 10 to the 3rd, that's 1,000. So with binary, it's the same thing, and this works, so we can get all the numbers get represented that way. So that's actually how you represent binary numbers. Right? I, I, gee, I've, I didn't know more people have done this. I have a little exercise we could do with this, but I'm not going to belabor it. Um, just to give you something to take home and let me do this rude thing. I can, how far can I count on one hand? Five? How about... No, you're getting close. Go up, no, up one. 30, he's closer. 31. That's zero. That's one. Which way is it right for? That's one. That's one. That's two. That's three, right? One plus two is three. We skip four. Five. Six. Four plus two is six. 7, 4 plus 2 plus 1 is 7, 8 is hard, 9, 10, whoops, 10, I'm, I'm my hands, now. I used to be able to do that, there's 10, 11, 12, 13, whoops, I lost something, anyway, that's 16, right, 16, 15, sorry, 15, 16, 16, 8, 4, 2, 1, so there's 16, 17, 18, I used to be able to do this, I haven't practiced in a while, anyway, so you can get to 31, two hands, you can count to 1,023, right? So there, anyway, so a little, you'll learn something today. So those are the binary numbers.
It would be a nice thing to know. Maybe I can put that on the final. All right, but why is that relevant today? So what we're going to what you're going to see me doing is messing around with these pixels. All right? And what we're going to do is now if we've got some series of of ones and zeros, and let's suppose I have another series of ones and zeros and I'll make the same number of them. I'm not using 32 because I don't want to write out so many. What did I write? 2 3 4 6 8. That's a nice number. There's a byte. So there's one byte. These operands if I use this operator and between those two numbers, just integers, all right, in, in processing, I'll just do it with integers. When I end them together, it's like doing a logical and on two Boolean values, treating one as true and zero as false, and it does it for all of them, right? So when I end these two numbers together, one and one is anding. True and true is true. One and zero is false. One, zero and one is false. One and one is one and zero. One and zero and one. One and one. <clears throat> uh, zero. So when I and two things, I can and things together. Now what I'm going to use this for, and when you do this in uh, Photoshop, things, this is like a mask, right? So the bits that I turn on in this one, right, is I could think of this as a mask, and it's going to control, and I'll use it to turn off. I'm going to make sure that this bit, this bit, and this bit are off. So this one is the same as the top one with that one, that one, and that one turned off, I hope, right? It's the same, except this one went off, this one went off, and this one went off. So using the AND operation and... A number that's, that's really a sequence of ones and zeros, I can turn bits off. Likewise, if I instead use the single vertical bar, which looks like a one, <laughs> sorry about that, that is the bitwise or operation, right? So now it does the same thing except one or one is one, one or zero is one, zero or one is one, one or one is one, that actually turn them all on. So, so with oring, basically what it says is <clears throat> make sure um, it will turn on the bits in the given position and carry the original values through. The way I happened to choose it, it ended up turning everything on. So I can use OR bits to force something to come on, and I can use ANDing to force things to go off. And how am I going to use this, right? I'm going to look at that low bit position, and if it's zero, I'm going to force some of the bits in that pixel to be off using an AND operation. Likewise, if I find that that rightmost bit is a one, I'm going to use it to force some of the bits to come on. Now, there's just one more new thing I need to show, one more new operator, and then it's stuff you've seen before. And the final trick I'm going to use, since I want to move these things over a little bit at a time, if I've got some bit pattern like this, and I apply this operator to it, and let's suppose I shift it left too. That's called the shift left operation. It takes those bits and just moves them over and fills it with zeros, right? So if I was to actually do that, the result of that operation would be, would be to shift over, and so it's like it's going to give me these two with, so I'll have zero, one, 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 with two more new zeros shifted in. So I just shift everything to the left, the stuff that goes off the left-hand end just falls off and gets lost, and I put new zeros in. That's what that operation does for us. Okay? All right. So, um, boy, people falling asleep on me. Uh-oh. I have to ask you ask a question here. All right. So, <clears throat> maybe I'll give you, I'll try to think of a clicker question here in just a second. So, let's back up, right, and start with a little piece of code. Sorry, what do I want to do? Let's, I want to close that. Um, let's show back all the way back to the beginning. So, I need to open up a different sketch. 
sketchbook. Fall 11. So this is something you might find useful, and it's a really short program. Right? So I actually had to create my message. So here's how I created the message. Wow, that's the whole program. That's it, folks. That I can put on the final, believe me. Right? It's not even very long. So what this program does is if the mouse is pressed, it draws a line between the previous mouse and the new mouse position. We've seen this. This is like our, our little simple sketch pad. The only thing that's different is when I press on a key, I use processing. It's got this great feature in it. I say save message.tiff, and it writes it out as a TIFF image. Now, I wrote it as TIFF instead of JPEG because TIFF is unencoded. There's no loss of information. It actually writes all the pixels out. The problem is if I try to store it as a JPEG in my simple little black and white image, uh, there's so few little black and white images that the JPEGs thought it was being clever and it sort of compressed all the information and it actually lost it. It just says, oh, it looks like mostly white, so we'll just remember it as white. <laughs> Whoops, I lost my message. So you'll see me using the TIFF. That's not a processing thing. That is a standard. That's what you do. If you have a fancy digital camera and it lets you save it as um, before it's done any compression on it, it'll save it. It may have their own encoding, but it's basically using, probably using TIFF. So um, it's transferable interchange format. I don't know what it stands for. Anyway, it's transportable image format. I bet that's what it is. So that's the entire program. So we'll kind of work through this. Let's make a new message. So you'll kind of see this happen. So I don't know. What message shall we use here? What? Save me. Whatever. Save me. I don't care. Save. Uh, God, I wish I could use my pen up there. Me. Right? And, of course, if you had something else that could generate black and white images, we could actually put a picture in there that was a black and white image, and I was thinking about doing that, but I decided to not waste my time. Anyway, you can do that. So I need to hit a key, and at this point, it'd save the message, and hopefully it's written that file out. And we're done with that program. Any questions about that program? Yeah. It dumps it in um, the project directory. It's not in the data directory. It's actually in the same folder that the .pde is in. And you will, we'll see that because I'm going to move it around. All right. So that's program one. No more questions about that one? Yeah. I saved it in a .tiff because I'm going to want to read it back in and I want to make sure all the bits that I have are there and it didn't do some compression and lose some information on me. Okay? All right. So the next step in this process is to combine 5J Fall 11 Hidden Image Combiner. So the next step is to combine these two pieces together. So uh, I'm going to let you see what I'm doing here. So um, I'm going to take that message we just wrote, which is in processing, fall 11, hidden image, make image. So if we're up here, hopefully that message.tiff was written today at 227. That's right. So I'm going to take that image. I'm going to take this and I'm going to copy it. And I'm going to put it into the combiner. So steganography combiner. And it actually wants it in the data. There was a message in there, but I'm going to overwrite it with this one because I want this is that was the one that said help. And this is what do I do? Paste. There it is. Paste, yes, please replace it. All right, so now when this runs, hopefully we'll, we'll get the new message. So let's look at the combiner code. So <clears throat> um, you've dealt with images before. That's not new. But we're going to actually now go in and twiddle the images. And you can do anything. You can do lots of fun things, right? You can go in and do masking, change the colors, whatever you might want to do. Figure out how to recreate some of those fancy things that Adobe Photoshop does for you. So here I load up the cherry blossoms. As actually, I read it as a JPEG. I don't care. So I load up the, the cherry blossoms, which is the main image. And I also read in the message image. So I've read those. I've got the two image files. 
And then I call this, I printed it out just so I'd know how big it was to make sure. So then we go into update, and here it does what it needs to do. So I first draw the cherry blossoms image on the screen. So I've got all those pixels now up on the screen. And then I call, this is a processing trick, so I call load pixels. And that tells processing to take the pixels that are currently being displayed and load them into this array that it calls pixels. So then it's a, it's a global variable like mouse x, but it's an, in fact an array, and it's an array of pixels. And we know how to deal with the arrays. So now all the pixels from that loaded image are now um, in this pixel array. The next thing I do is I do essentially the same thing for the message image, but I don't draw it on the screen. Processing lets you actually draw stuff that's not visible. It's, and those things are, to do that, you have this thing, you create a graphics. There's sort of a graphics associated with the display, but you can have these non-display graphics. So imagine, it's like another screen that I'm not seeing at the moment, okay? But it has a name. So I give it a name, and it's called the message. That's the message screen. And this is just something processing makes me do. You have to say, begin, draw, to say, you know, I'm ready to do it. I don't know. That's their part of initialization. And then this image call is just like that one, right? I'm drawing the message image onto the image, the message display. So in your mind, I've got two. I've got the cherry blossoms on one screen, and I've got the message, the secret message that says, save me on the other screen. And now I just have to combine the two together. And so here's a loop. I equals zero, I less than the message dot pixels. So there's... This is kind of like whether you're in the rocket or not. So if I just say pixels without anything, it's the one that's on the actual display. But with this off-screen one, I have to say the name of the display dot pixels. So the message dot pixels, I could have actually put pixels dot length here. It would have been fine because they're actually both the same numbers. It's like we've got two different arrays. I now have these two arrays of pixels. One of them's called the message dot pixels, and the other one's called pixels. They're the same length. And now I'm all I'm going to do is I'm going to look in one of them, and if I see that it's on, if it's white, I'm going to turn the bit on in the other one. So I go through the message, and I say, if the message pixel is not equal to minus 1. Now, why minus 1? Turns out, the way we represent negative numbers is uh, something that's technically called two's complement. We use, so m most modern computers today now use what's two's complement arithmetic. And the way you represent a negative number is you actually take all the bits, flip their, change all the zeros to ones and the ones to zeros, and add one. Don't ask me now to explain why. I do know how. I do know why. I don't want to tell you or bother to tell you. But that's just what happens. So in fact, if you take one, watch... <coughs> If I take one, which of course we can all handle, right? That's one binary number we can all deal with, right? There's one. Watch what happens if I flip all of them and add one. If I flip all of them, I get one, 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 zero, plus one. You can all even handle that. Look what I end up with. Minus one, in fact, means... All the bits are on, right? So minus one is just a, actually means all of the bits are on. So I'm actually testing the pixel to see if it's full on white. Yeah? Raise your hand if you understood that. That I could put on the final, right? So where are we? So here we are. So I'm saying if all the bits are 1, meaning when thought of as a binary number, it's the number minus 1. 
if all the bits are on, actually, I'm sorry, if, if it's not equal to where the, all the bits are on, that means it must have been off. It turns out it's not zero there. When they're all off, it's not really zero. Anybody know why the, the ones with them all off is not zero? Why is it that the black pixels don't show up as zero? Well, the red, green, and blue are zero. That was a big hint. What did I leave off? The transparency. The transparency bits are all on because that's opaque. So, in fact, black is 11111000000, which is actually minus 65,000 or something, okay? <laughs> which was easier for me to write minus one. So, I tested for white, all right? And if that's the case, I'm going to turn off the low bit. So look what I do here. I take whatever is currently stored at that place in the, in the image, the, the cherry blossom image, right? I take whatever value was there, and I do this bitwise and operation, what I showed you, with mask. And mask, oh God, hexadecimal, oh! How many know about hexadecimal? Oh. I said I was done with new... Con I saw this, and this, this is just numbers, though. This is not programming. Hexadecimal. It's like, well, we've got base 10, we've got base 2, why not base 16? Turns out base 16 is really good for computer science types. Why is base 16 really good for computer science types? What's really easy when dealing with base 16? It's really easy to get to base 2 because it turns out very conveniently you just take groups of 4 bits. What was that? 1, 2, 4, 8. 8. Oh, the next one is 16. Look at that. So those 4 bits gives me 0 to 15. 0 to 15 are all the values I can store in a single digit of hexadecimal. So it turns out hexadecimal is really nice, and we use the digits 0 to 9 plus A, B, C, D, E, and F, right? That's 15, 14, 13, etc. Okay, so with that other little tidbit in mind, if we look at this number I made here, and this is this 0x is the way you tell tell Java that I'm, I'm writing a hexadecimal number instead. F, 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 E. What was E? 14. Uh, 14, right? 8, 12, 13, 14, right? 15 minus 1 is 14. What is nice about F, 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 E? You shut up. I know you know all the answers. Somebody else. I found out his secret. He's got a dark secret. Anyway, uh, what else? So what's, what's nice about F? This is F, right? That's 15. That's F. F, 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 E. It's okay. F, 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 E. Come on. I have a whole bunch of ones and one zero. I've got just that one bit. So I've, this is a string. This says 32 bits that are all on except the last one. Right? F, 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 E. They're all on but the last one. So now when I take that and I and it with this one, remember what anding did? It transfers whatever the original value was except where there's a zero and it forces it off, right? Take a simple example, right? Let's take one. How are we doing? Oh, so let's just, something short. We'll just do four bits. So, right, you want one, one, zero, one, right? When I end that with E, notice what it does. It transfers the value but turns off. Whoops, that's zero. So this result is the same as this, with that bit turned off because the zero turned it off. So that's what anding lets me do. It lets me turn off one bit. <clears throat> so this 
turns off the low bit and inputs one bit of my message in that pixel. And I just do that for all the pixels. That's it. Right? And, well, I guess I need to turn them on. So the flip side, of course, is... Where did my mouse go? The flip side is if I don't turn it off, I turn it on using logical OR. If I have OR of 1, which is 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 1, all the zeros say just leave it whatever it was, right? 0 and 0 is 0, 0 and 1 is 1. It's whatever it was before, but if I turn that bit on, it'll always be true. 1 and anything is 1, right? True or anything is true. So this will cause the low bit to be 1. This will cause the low bit to be 0 for every pixel in my array of pixels, okay? So I've gone through all, in this case, it's 800 by 600, whatever that is. Four zeros, 480,000 pixels, right? It went through and all 400, is that, did I do that right? 400, two fours, four zeros, six, eight, yeah, 480,000. So, so it took all 480,000 pixels and set it either that low bit to zero or one. And then when it's done, the update pixels is the way of saying, I've tweaked the pixels, throw them on the screen, um, and I had to make sure they got transferred back to the screen because save actually looks at what's on the screen, and I saved it out to this combined TIFF. So if I run this program now, we don't really see anything particularly interesting happening. Um, so uh, um, the image kind of showed up here, but you know, so what? That's not really what's important. Um, I don't have to do anything because the save happened. As a result, I can just stop it. And at this point, I now have to, let's see, it should have created a new combined TIFF right there that was created November 30th at 2.41. Great, just created it, right? So I take this combined TIFF and I copy it and I'm going to move it over into, that's the one, of course, you send off to your friends that you want to send the secret message to. And I'm going to paste it in here into this folder that doesn't need all that other stuff that's left over. And you can ignore that because um, I was doing a lot of copying here. Uh, just in case anybody's worried, that doesn't need to be there. Yes, go away. Um, that doesn't need to be there. This was from earlier messing around. And we don't actually need that there either. I don't want you to think I'm cheating somehow. Um, great. So in our data folder... We've got the new combined TIFF. So now, we're back to our original decoder. Let's just make sure. So we now run the decoder. And this time, what we see is that save me message that I created. Right? By storing it in that low pixel, that low bit of each pixel by and either turning it on using that logical or, the bitwise or, or turning it off using the bitwise and. Okay? So, what the new stuff that I've told you today is really about binary numbers and hexadecimal numbers and this clever thing about being able to use um, a bitwise logical so I can treat a whole bunch of ones and zeros as a whole bunch of trues and falses. But other than that, I haven't showed you any new programming tricks. I guess I mentioned uh, two new process, a couple of processing functions, right? About how to get those that array of pixels out. So <clears throat> I'm going to pause. I've seen several people have completely fallen asleep. I don't like this. So I'd like you to take two minutes and talk. I don't have a clicker question for you prepared. I'd like you to just talk to your neighbor about what I've said so far and, and see if there's questions that you can ask or. You, or get clarified amongst yourselves or prepare to figure out how to ask me a question. You're supposed to wake him up and ask him a question.
partner or thinking about uh, crashing a lab tomorrow? Absolutely. Um, Go for it. Tomorrow's Thursday. I think it's at 2 and then 1 at 6. Okay, the 2 sounds perfect. Yeah. Because we, we're going to work on it at 1 and then we okay. don't get an answer. Okay, Good. so is it, in, is it where I had left? Yeah, yeah, they're all in the same place. Okay, okay, thank you. Mm hmm. All right. Um, I, I, just to see who's here and make sure you get some uh, points for showing up today, I actually managed to make a clicker question for you here. So here's my clicker question. I hope I got the right answer up there. I think I do. <clears throat> and while they're working on that, does somebody have a other question that came up in their discussion with the people around them they want to ask? Somebody asked how many questions are going to be on the final. Uh, somewhere between 20 and 100. wasn't sure how this is what you had here. Sure. So in binary, that F is 1111. That F is 1111. That F is 1111. That and the same for all the Fs, and that E is one 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 zero. So that would be the binary value if I was to write it out as ones and zeros. Okay. The nice thing about hex is it's really easy because you just do one byte at a time conversion. I s okay. Does that make that. sense? Is and, that what you were asking? And then the zero and the X before that's just that. note that's just notation that just tells Java treat this as a hexadecimal value. Oh okay. That's just a, that's just a sign. Yeah, Michael. Okay, um, that's a good question. All right, let's see how we do here. All right, okay, hey, you learned something today. This is good. Well, most of you did. Whoops. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> Almost everybody got that one. Okay, so yeah, so the answer was B, right? Which um, leads right into, so Michael was asking me, what was the deal with the F's and the E, and what did I do? Well, this is like the ma oops, sorry, this is like the mask, all right? So this is, this is saying, um, it's, this is not FFE, this would actually be, what would this be in hex? F0, this four bits is an F, that's 15, and zero. So F0 in hexadecimal. And that would be a mask that would turn off, as we saw, it turns off all the bits where the zeros were and leaves everything else untouched. So in the code that you saw before, when I had FFFFFE, that's like having a mask that's all ones except the very last one, which is zero, which says when I combine that with a 32-bit pixel value, it says leave it the way it was except make the low bit be zero if I end it, right? And when I did a logical or with one, it said make it be whatever it was before, but make that rightmost bit be a one. Okay? Other questions that came up in your discussion? No? What is the P2D stand for? The P2D is, uh, so they're different renderers. So this is some hidden in the machines of how it decides what is it using to actually take what you've drawn and make it show up on the display. And the 2D is for two-dimensional, and I think it's P is for processing's own renderer. 
You could use OpenGL as a renderer. You could use the Java rendering engine. You can use a 3D rendering engine that lets you actually do 3D stuff as well, but it's more time-consuming. Um, so processing, for reasons that I actually don't have a good handle on, has provided several different renderers that you can use. I think some of them won't work if you try to export it as an applet, but if you don't care about that, then you can use one of these higher-performance rendering engines. I took the image, I took the pixel, which is in fact an integer. I took that 32-bit integer and I compared it with minus 1. Which is the color. Which is the value that will be stored in a pixel that is white. Because if they're all on, we've discovered that all 1s in binary is what actual decimal value? Minus 1. Right, so I compared it with minus one. I actually said if it's not equal to minus one, but anyway, I compared it with minus one because I knew that's what it would store in that image if they were all yeah. on. And then, and then you, so if they aren't white, you take the pixel in the other. If they are, well, in both cases, I took the pixel from the, the. In both cases, I took the original cherry blossom pixel. And in one case, I took the cherry blossom pixel and forced this to be either 0 or 1. I, mean, I always force it to be 0 or 1. I take the original pixel value, whatever it is, right? There's the pixel value with some more stuff here. And I say, if my image is on, leave that alone. Make that a 1. And if my image says it's off, turn that into a 0 and leave everything else the way it was. I just changed one number in one pixel. I changed the color. What did that, what did that number change in its representation? If you, were, if you were, had really, really good eyes and you looked at the image, you would see that little pixel. It's now a little... Red, green, blue. It's now a little bit bluer than it was before. So, so Can you tell the difference between a blue value of 145 and a blue value of 146? Baby, I can't. So, so <laughs> Maybe somebody with perfect color can, but I sure couldn't so tell you. Not, was not, slightly that's right. So every place where I had stroke with black, it actually turned off the blue. It made them less blue, and it made them more blue if they were okay. So when, white. when you increase the blue exposure, but the ones. but then when I tried to let you see what it was doing. That's different. So that's what it actually changed in the image. Yeah, no, I when, I, when you saw it have that funny, that turquoise with the red, that's because I've now started taking the places that were white, and if it was white, I'm cranking everything on. Uh, and I crank them on starting with blue, because I'm working from right to left, and it's red, green, blue. So I first turn all the blues on, then I turn all the greens on, and then I turn all the reds on. At that point, it's black. That's right, and that's what we're going to see right now. That's what's left. So, to get to the end of the punchline of this, so here is the decoder. Again, I've got the two images. Why do I use two? I forget what I'm doing. Let's see what I did here. So I read in my original image, and I draw it, throw it up on the display. Nothing terribly interesting there. And then what you're going to see I'm going to do is each time I click the mouse, I'm going to update the image. I called it decode, right? I'm going to update the image, but I just so that it comes gradually, that num bits is going to tell me how many times am I, how much of that rightmost bit is it going to spread, right? The rightmost bit is spreading and sort of beginning to influence more. So when num bits is one, or maybe it's when it's two, I think when it's 1, it doesn't do anything. When numbits is 2, it takes this one and copies it to here. And when it's 3, it copies this bit to here and here. And when it's 4, it copies this bit to here, here, and here. 
and eventually it's copied that bit to all of them and it's turned black if it was on. You with me? Yeah, Michael. Is it naturally doing it? Nothing's natural here. It's all artificial, and I'm do- telling it to do it. Right? And that's, I'm telling you what it's going to do, and then we're going to see the code that does it. But that's what's going to happen, okay? So, no, it doesn't do anything. That's a number that's going to keep getting bigger, because we know about that. Every time I click, that number gets bigger, right? So let's see what it does each time I tell it to update. Right? That's it. There's the whole program. It's all done. Right? Fits on one slide. How complicated can it be? So notice this time I started out with a mask of all ones. So F, 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 F. I could have just, what could I have written? I said int mask equals, what could I have written instead? Oh, God, a perfect quiz, final exam question. It's so short. Instead of 0x, F, 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 what could I have written? Minus one. All right? But this is advertising that I really want it as a mask value with a bunch of ones. But in fact, minus one is a perfectly, is exactly equivalent to that. You can try it, right? Just print out mask. It'll print out as minus one. Yeah. Okay, so F is one and then E? No. F is 15. Oh. But, you know, when you say zero X, F, 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 F. They're all ones because F is... 15, and that's 15. Remember? 15. 8 plus 4 is 12. 8? You don't know about 8? I lost you. 1, 2, 4, 8. These are the binary digits. It's not 1, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, which are multiples of 10. They're multiples of 2. 1, 2, 4, 8. You can handle that, right? One, two, four. No, no. No. <clears throat> this is actually one. What's this? 16. What's that? 256. That's 16 times three. I don't, or 16 to the third. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, sorry, powers of two. I said multiples, didn't I? For now, I'm going to press ahead. I'm almost out of time. I'm going to press ahead. That is the integer number who has, that has all of its bits turned on. Okay? And we'll have the... I would hope you could do that because you really should have mastered binary or decimal numbers by now and it shouldn't be a big leap of faith if you really understand how decimal works to switch the binary and even hex. Yeah. What makes this minus one? Uh, that has to do because of the way computers represent negative numbers. Um, and the answer is it uses two's complement arithmetic. And what that means is to make a number negative, you flip all the bits and add one. And I did that once. Remember, you saw me. I took one. I flipped all the bits. That gave me one, 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 zero. I added one. That added the one back into the low position. And I'm back at all ones, which is, in fact, Minus one. No, no, you can always tell with two's complement that if that leftmost bit is a one, it will be negative. Always. If the leftmost bit is a one, it will be negative. <clears throat> All right, we got to do this. We're, we're so close. So here's this sequence of all ones written as hex. Uh, sorry I threw that hex at you, but whatever. It's just a number. All right? And this, no, we all can do this, right? This just says pixels is this array. I told you this makes pixels show up as this array, one-dimensional array with all the pixel values in it as integers. And this says visit each one of them. We've seen this for arrays. And now I say, okay, Take that pixel value, the ith one, the one I'm looking at. Look in that chair, Michael, right? I picked on you in the chairs. I'm going to look in chair number I and look and see what pixel value is in there. I'm going to take that pixel value and I'm going to do this logical and with one. Now, when I and it with one, that's like anding it with, right? Zero, 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 one. What is that going to give me? It's going to give me one of two possible values, zero, or one. 
It will give me 1 if that rightmost bit was 1, meaning it was on in my message, meaning it's a white pixel in my message. And it will give me a 0 because everything else gets turned off. Right When I and it with 1, I turn off everything but the low bit. If the low bit was already off, that gives me a black pixel. So what do I do? <clears throat> I'm going to basically I want to spread that pixel, the 1 or the 0 into the rest of the stuff. So now I take my mask and I shift it over some number of bits. So let's suppose we've sped ahead and I'm up to the place where num bits is say 5 now. So if I take my mask and I shift it left 5, what do I end up with? I take my mask And I shift it left five, right? So one, two, three, four, five of these guys fall off, and I add five zeros here. One, two, three, four, five, right? So I end up with a bunch of ones and five zeros on the right-hand end. Raise your hand. Did you, are you with me? Yeah? So I've got those five zeros left on the right-hand end. And what did I do? Again, I do an and operation. So what are those five zeros going to do? turn off the low five bits because the message bit was a zero. So I turn off the low five bits. I've just wiped out five bits of the blue value, right? If it wasn't off, what do I do? Oh, God, look at, oh, there it is, another one. I mean, I really had a whole lot of surprises. That little squiggle, the tilde sign... That's like the exclamation point, but a bitwise. That's the bitwise negation. It takes every one and turns it into a zero, and every zero and turns it into a one. It's like the logical flipping true to false, false to true, but it does it on a whole string of things. So what I do is I take my mask, shifted left num bits, and I negate it. Here we go. Let's go back over here. Right? It's this one. When I throw a tilde in front of this, what do I get? All right? So when I put the tilde on, now when I or that with my original pixel value, what have I done? I've forced the rightmost five bits to be on. It's getting real blue. And then when, all, when, I'm, when I'm up to 16 bits, it's got real turquoise. And when I got it all, when I got 24 bits, it's white. Right, I've turned up all the lights. Right, so I just keep each time, I just keep redoing this using forcing more and more of those bits to be zero, and I update the pixels. Hang on, I'm sure we can get a couple of good final exam questions worked out here in the next five minutes. So I got five more minutes. So that's this example. Except for this stuff, which I probably should have taught you earlier this quarter about binary numbers, right? And I showed you a couple operations for dealing with binary numbers, but it's using logical operations that we understood in the context of Boolean. Now I'm just doing it with ones and zeros instead of trues and falses. There's nothing new programming-wise. And I've also given you a bunch of tools. You can now load an image and go in and turn off all the red pixels, right? Just for fun. It's like putting on a red filter or turn on all the red bits, right? Or you can do your version. You know this thing where they, they, they take a picture of a person on a, on a green background and then they make the background disappear and put something else in? You have the ability to do that. You read in your image. You take a picture of somebody on a really uniform color background. You take a picture of them. You load it in. And you look at each pixel. And if that pixel is within a couple of, of shades of being that background green, you just set its transparency to be completely transparent. And it disappears. You draw that on top of your background, and you now have this person right on any scene you want. That's basically what Photoshop is doing. So there's a whole lot of stuff you can do with images that I've given you the tools with to play here just using one-dimensional arrays Messing around with these pixels. Yeah. What is the difference of red bit, a blue bit, and a green bit? You keep saying that. So, so um, what it's, when it stores, let me do all 32 bits here. Uh, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. It 
8 plus 8 plus 8 plus 8 is 32, right? This is the red, this is the green, this is the blue, and this is the opacity, the transparency. Right? That's why when I started filling them up here, that's why it was the blue that sort of got cranked on, and then all the green and blue got turned on, which is why that, all that white stuff looked like turquoise, because I'm firing turquoise at it. <clears throat> right? I could have done it in some other order, but it was just easy to me to work my way up from the right-hand end. And if I actually kept going and had something that I had put behind it as a background, I could even have wipe out the transparency and it would actually start letting whatever was behind it show through. I didn't try that, but that would be a nice little um, tweak that you could go and do to it. it you don't see anything because I, there's nothing behind it, so it just shows white because it's a white background. <laughs> Other questions? So I do hope you all show up on Friday. I know some of you aren't planning to take the finals. Like, well, I'm done. I'm out of here. Congratulations to those of you who decide to do that. For those of you who got a squeak by 80, I encourage you to take the final and get an A in the class instead, um, instead of settling for a B. Um, I'd like to hope you will come on Friday because I will be doing the course evaluations then. I'd appreciate your feedback. Um, but, you know, I, I can't make you anyway. Yeah.